with the Amazon business, we could have you build out a business in two years and sell it for seven figures, even eight figures. Yeah. While you've been traveling the entire time. While yeah. you've been traveling the entire time living, is right. I love living it. your best life. Welcome to Seven Figure Entrepreneur Podcast, the number one podcast for behind the scenes with real online earners. No fake gurus here. And today we have the wonderful Shaheen Cheyenne. I'm excited to have you, man. Um, excited to hear what it is you do. Uh, I think you got a book right there. I'm assuming that is yours. Pumped to hear about that. And we got the wonderful Tyler Devin. We are co cross coordinating. That's um, right. Planned, unplanned. Got, yeah, planned, unplanned. Uh, he never wears a hat, but here we are today. Hat and all. It's rally oh, time. Yes. I'm excited. We haven't done a podcast for a bit now. How long has it been? Like two weeks? Been a few weeks, man. Man, Tyler's too busy traveling the globe. I'm too busy not traveling the globe because I'm stuck in Canada, <laughs> but here we are. Yes. Yeah, honored to be on, guys. Thank you for having me on. Uh, likewise. Yeah. Lovely to meet you. Really excited. I like your podcast setup, dude. Like you got it. You got it going on back there. You got the TV with the slides going through like that's smart. That's a smart setup. Me, I got one light bar and a dark room. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we do a lot of content production here. So, you know, when COVID smart. happened, I figured I'd have to, you know, bring my studio home. So it works well. No doubt. Nice. Very you cool. Give us a breakdown of uh, what it is you do just to fill all the listeners in. Yeah. So do you want me to start from the beginning, like my history or just what I'm doing right now? Let's, let's maybe touch on what you're doing now and then let's go on the history of it. <clears throat> sure. Yeah. So now I teach people how to create predictable recurring revenue streams by selling on the Amazon platform. And what that means is, you know, in 2009-ish, uh, Bezos opened up the Amazon platform to third-party sellers to be able to sell whatever you want on there. I had a supplement um, which I came from the supplement field, which we could talk about a little bit, uh, a very high-end supplement. It was about $120 uh, a month and was trying to find a way to distribute it. I was thinking going direct to consumer. We had a subscription model built out and I decided, you know what, let me try this Amazon thing. It's cool. You know, Bezos announced, Hey, we're not just selling books anymore. Come on on, come on down and sell. I put it on there, went to sleep, didn't think much of it. I was like, yeah, whatever, you know, maybe we'll get one or two. Woke up in the morning, we had hundreds, close to a thousand, something like that sales. Are you serious? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, holy shit. It was, can I curse on your show? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. It was like the wild west. It was like, there was no competition. We were the first supplement on Amazon. It was like, you know, they were pumping thousands of dollars in advertising on Google and Facebook and everywhere you went. And it was glorious. I mean, we made millions. And what happened was people started coming to us and we, we, we stopped everything that we were doing. And we said, Hey, let's figure out how to crack this algorithm and sell on this platform. Cause this is the next big thing. No doubt. And, um, people started coming to us and asking us how, how do you do it? Can you teach us how to do it? We've been trying, we, we haven't figured it out, you know, the market's getting more competitive. And so we started an agency and then we started a course where we mentor people. We've got a mentorship group, a mastermind where we teach people how to do what we've done over the course of the last 11 years and wow. to build these predictable recurring revenue streams using some pretty unique techniques and algorithms. Interesting, man. You know, it's funny. I definitely see a lot of people uh, selling like how to on Amazon and like even me personally being on the online world, I do have a level of skepticism with it. Um, but man, you've been doing this 11 years. You've been in this game for a minute now. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you guys sell on Amazon yourselves? 
I had uh, I had one brief little run. I was selling, I think I was selling like sleep masks. And we got to the point where we're selling 30 or 40 a day, but then we ran out of inventory, had to put it on pause and it never really got traction again. And then everything else we do is kind of more high volume in the lead gen world. Uh, so never got back at it again, but uh, always had like level of interest in learning the Amazon platform. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We did the we did the Shopify route uh, for mm. dropshipping kind of stuff, but me personally, I didn't really do any Amazon stuff. So, yeah, but. yeah. You know, it is as as it goes from blue ocean to red ocean, right? One of yeah. one of the terms we use, yeah, to kind of describe things. You have to constantly be refining, mm-hmm. and a lot of people, I mean, think like much like yourself, feel alone going at it alone because they're in there and they're like, "Fuck, man, Amazon's not answering my calls. I just get some dude in India." You know, the phone keeps getting disconnected because Amazon doesn't really care about you as a seller is the first dirty mm-hmm. secret of Amazon. They really don't give a fuck. They yeah, just, yeah. you know, they want to have a long tail business model. They want to have the most customer centric company in the world. And they do care about their customers. They don't care about you as a seller and they don't care about the vendors. Not really. So they, mm-hmm. they like to make their public image like they do. So as a seller, you got to really be looking out for yourself. And not only that, you got to be ready to adjust and turn on a dime mm. and break on a dime and, and, and really be able to refine your business. Otherwise, what you experienced happens all the time. You run out of inventory, your account gets suspended, you know, little things happen and they seem seemingly uh, devastating to a, a startup business. And that's really how they weed out you know, the millions and billions of people who want to be on there and the people who stay on there. Makes sense. Man, yeah. I, I want to talk about like their algorithm. I want to talk about all that stuff, but like maybe if we can backtrack a little bit, how'd you even get into this online space to begin with? Yeah, so, you know, actually pre-internet, I started a company and that was in the early 90s. I was a teenager. You know, we were immigrants from Iran. I, you know, left Iran, you know, when we were five, I didn't speak any English. And we came here and by the time I was 15, I was like ready to leave home. I dropped out of school. I left home and basically was sleeping in abandoned cars and abandoned buildings and on the beach in Venice. And uh, the rave scene was happening at that time. And it was a crazy EDM scene, the, the electronic music scene. And what had happened was that inside the clubs, the supply of real drugs, MDMA, Molly, you know, um, was completely obliterated. It was gone because they couldn't get supply from Europe where it was coming. And there was a brief period in time where I thought to myself, hey, what if I could come up with an alternative to ecstasy that was legal, that didn't hurt people, um, that was abundant, easy to produce, and I could sell it through the drug dealers. So it was an absolutely ludicrous idea that Dude, really I would ne- give you that. Yeah, that yeah. really <laughs> never should have worked, but it did. So I walked into the clubs, which I was I was I was basically sleeping behind the speakers in those days because I had nowhere to go. And you know, those clubs went all night long. So it was great. You know, you you sleep behind the droning sound of a speaker, and then you wake up and it's fantastic when you're a teenager. And I started talking to the drug dealers. I said, Hey, bud, you're out of product. You're you're gonna go out of biz or you're gonna go to jail if you're gonna sell crap. So sell my stuff. And one guy said yes, 10 guys said yes, 10,000 guys said yes. And by the time I was 18-ish, I was in my office in Venice Beach. We had over 200 employees. I mean, everybody in Venice was employed by me. And all the buildings in Venice were filled with my people. 
and I got the notice from my receptionist at the time that we had broken a billion dollars in sales. Are you serious? Wow. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking to myself, holy fucking shit, they're going to want me on the news. And all the press was outside and they wanted to get me on the news. And I remember my biggest fear at that time was that I didn't know how much a fucking billion dollars was. So I was like, pulling, it was pre-internet. I was like pulling encyclopedia. I was like British billion, US billion. I was like, is it a thousand, is it a hundred? How much do we fucking make? And I was looking around me like in an absolute state of panic because I, I was a kid. Yeah. I didn't know what any of this stuff meant. I didn't know how to run a company. I didn't know, you know, I was, I was flying by the seat of my pants. And so it led to wild ride. That was the ecstasy days. And, you know, um, we got what into were you selling. Like, what did you convince these guys to sell? Uh, it was an herbal formula. So it was pills um, that were called ecstasy, but they had herbal in front of it. So it was herbal ecstasy. There were tiny little pills. They had a butterfly on one end and E on the other and it was, you know, well publicized. We've had, you know, multiple Newsweek covers. We were in Time. We were in uh, Los Angeles Times, London Observer, front cover of all these magazines, front cover yeah. of Details Magazine at the time. It was very uh, well publicized phenomena. And, and, and people, sorry, I'm just kind of curious. Like, did people still get high from it, or like, what oh did yeah, they feel? Mm -hmm. yeah. Now it wasn't like real ecstasy, um, but it was pretty good for what it was. Some people liked it better, actually. Wow. And the fact Crazy. was, you could take it, you could party all night, you'd have no side effects, no risk of any of the risks that might come with getting bad drugs or unproven drugs. We produced it in a FDA, you know, approved facility. And so it was, it was big. And then we branched out to 30,000 doors. What a idea, dude. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah just basically using the infrastructure that existed to like distribute something you came up with. Unreal. Right. Good for you. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. So it was, you know, it was always distribution first for us. So yeah. then, you know, we branched out, we were in urban outfitters. We were selling through tower records. You guys remember tower records yeah, yeah. before your time. Yeah. We were selling through all the record stores, record labels were buying our pills and including it with CDs that they were selling at the time. And, you know, we were moving, incredible volumes of product. And, you know, I talk about it in my book, it's the books out in August, I think. And we just finished recording the audible book. And last night I met with a couple of producers that are interested in making it a, a feature film, but there were some crazy times in those days, you know, there was, you know, uh, uh, Japanese mafia that wanted to take over the company. And I tell that story in the book where I had to fly to Japan and negotiate with the Yakuza. Um, there were times where, you know, we had every three-letter government agency coming after us, trying to shut us down, but nobody could. So yeah. it was a real um, interesting time. And in the meanwhile, you know, I was traveling around on private yachts and private planes and hanging out with celebrities and rock stars and, you know, just having a crazy wild time. Um, and then that ended. It was kind of like a meteoric rise and, and fall. And I mm -hmm. went on to inventing a lot of the technology for vaporization. So oh. I invented modern digital vaporization. All the e-cigs, all that stuff arose from the technology that we built and patented. And then I took that company and exited. That company went public around 2007, I think. And from there comes to the story that I told you about Amazon. I, I developed a nootropic, uh, a brain supplement called Accelerol that I was selling. Mm -hmm. And which led me to the Amazon platform. And I was like, holy shit, this is the next fucking thing. You yeah. had a wild ride in life, huh? 
Yeah, continues, yeah. continues to be. And I'm a father, and that's even even a wilder ride than all that stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> I bet. What flavor Zevia is that, dude? This is. Uh, I actually took this from my kid. It's cola flavored. Oh, cool. You guys gotcha. drink this stuff? You know, it's yeah. Zevia is too sweet for me. I can't hang with it usually. That's funny. Yeah, I don't mind those though. I find that they're better than real Coke or whatever, but. Yeah. Know. Sorry, off topic. I was just yeah. okay. dude. So that's yeah. honestly, man, that's that's quite a wild ride going from sleeping behind a speaker to like having a billion dollar company and everything else, man. That's unreal. Yeah. 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 So let's, let's talk about Amazon, man, because like I imagine in eleven years with Amazon, it's not what it was. No, you know, like in the early days, like I said, it was the wild west, and then Amazon's like, you know what? We're not going to really advertise on Google anymore. Have a nice life. And yeah. all the sellers were like, what the fuck? They're like, you yeah. can advertise on Google now. So yeah. then the sellers had to do that. Then they were like, you know what? We really are going to get on our high horse. And uh, yeah, we, we don't want any fake reviews. So we're just going to wipe any reviews that don't meet our algorithm. So we, wow. I mean, we, ha- we had products that had hundreds of thousands of reviews, believe it or yeah. not. And overnight, all the sellers we know, all the high ticket players that we are, we're you know, in our industry, entire accounts wiped just came in with a foul swoop right accounts suspended seller accounts suspended overnight for no reason no explanation and you know we had to pivot but you know it's interesting because you know the students that i have and you know i've got this this amazon course that i do where it's like this course it's this mastermind we teach people how to do what we do on amazon and the students that i have the ones that i can tell are going to succeed are the ones who don't look at it like it's a roulette table, right? Mm-hmm. They don't think like, hey, I, I threw the little ball in the fucking thing and it went around yeah. and landed on my number, right? They look at it as I'm going to hit this nail in the head until it goes in. And if the hammer mm-hmm. doesn't work, I'm going to use a sledgehammer. And if that doesn't work, I'm going to use a fucking rock. Whatever it takes, I'm going to get it done. Those are the guys that, that make it. The guys that go in thinking like it's a roulette table, sometimes they succeed. Sometimes just using our algorithms, yeah. they can make a few wins. Yeah. But- Outside of that, those aren't the people that, that really end up succeeding and making it. And that's the thing. You've got to be able to pivot at any time. I'm sure you guys know in, in your world, Facebook changes Absolutely. their shit all the oh, fucking yeah. time. Right? What well, you could do five years ago, you can't do now, right? It was, oh, it was man, great value. Changing it as we speak right now. They're changing yeah. it as we speak. So, so the, the trick to this game, the game of selling on e-commerce and succeeding, and, and especially on Amazon, is being ready for anything. And having systems in place to think upstream when those eventualities happen. Like we're probably in the top, I'd say top 1% of sellers in the world on Amazon. I mean, our company does multiple millions of dollars every year. And we manage portfolios for Fortune 50, Fortune 500 companies, like billion dollar portfolios, multi-billion dollar portfolios. And we still to this day get accounts suspended. In the mm-hmm. early days, we were like, holy fucking shit. What? This is like, you know, catastrophic. Let's go fucking weave baskets underwater or some shit. Right. Yeah. And now we're like, oh, thing A, eventuality A happened. We've got B, C, and D ready to go. Nice. Right. So mm-hmm. we've got tactics, we've got systems. And it's just like jumping mm-hmm. out of a plane, right? We jump out of a plane. Oh, the parachute didn't work. Right. Okay. So the first time you do that, you might freak out. The second time you might say, okay, so I know what to do. Here's the checklist. I've got a backup parachute. I've got three other cords. I can untangle it. You know the right things to do. 
And, and really that's, that's what it's about. It's about thinking mm -hmm. upstream and having that resilience and discipline to be able to get around the bullshit that these big companies have that, you know, they don't really care about you, right? Like, do you guys really feel like Facebook is like a loving partner for you guys and deeply cares about your business? No, it's I'm even worse after COVID. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm constantly stitching up knife wounds. Yeah. yeah. But we, we've prepared for that. Like you said, right? Like, our major yeah. thing is like losing accounts or losing using or losing users. So we just have backup accounts, backup users. We're always ready to go. You know, it may take us another like few weeks to get back to where we were, but I mean, it's just part of the game at that point. I think that a major majority of people drop out of doing Facebook advertising because they're just like, oh, I lost my account. It's over. I'm done. And it's just like, well, no, that's just part of the puzzle, man. You know, yeah, absolutely. Plus there's so much other diversification. Like we collect data, we send email. There's other yeah. platforms, Bing's platform, you know, there's upcoming platforms like TikTok. Like there's so many options. Yeah. We find being diversified is more important now than ever. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And like we were talking about before, you know, that's, that's really, you know, the main focus of what we talk about diversification. And another way to say that is foundational thinking. So mm -hmm. when we teach our students in Amazon Mastery, which is our, our course, we teach that, look, your e-commerce business, and, and we were talking about the, the real estate component of this earlier, your e-commerce business is just one pillar. It's just mm -hmm. one part of your foundation, right? You should have another area of your foundation that's cash flow positive real estate. Great. More wealth is built in this country by real estate yeah. than, than pretty much anything else, right? Yeah. You should have one, one area of your business that's you know in the stock market and then another area that pays you to work. You know, If you're still in the business of selling your hours, mm -hmm. which I know a lot of us have gotten out of, but if you're doing that and that's the money that you're bringing in for your rent and your family and whatever, that's respectable, but you have those pillars. So you never wake up having a really bad day, right? Oh. I might wake up one morning and go, oh shit, there's a storm in Florida. One of my fucking houses got reamed, but you know what? The insurance will cover it, but okay. Maybe a couple months of lost revenue or something. But then I look at my Amazon business and I'm like, holy shit, Amazon's doing great. Most people don't know this. Amazon did probably 10X a lot of sellers did 100x sales during COVID. It was a big fucking disaster. It was the best two years so far for business ever totally. on Amazon. I believe that, man. We, we saw it even in our business, like um, anything online, anyone I've spoken to who has an online business uh, has saw an increase. Some smaller than others, but other people have gone through the roof. New companies yeah. were like completely built overnight based on everything that COVID brought. It's insane. Yeah. 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 There's opportunity in everything, right? No matter what it's like. Yeah. Especially with COVID, right? Like I feel like some people were looking at it as like it was doomsday, but then other people were just like flip the script and like, yeah, this is a huge opportunity to make money on tons of things. Sure. So, toilet paper. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, if, if, if you got it in the early days or your health compromised or if a family member got it, it was, yeah. it was, a tra it was definitely a tragedy. You know, there's no yeah. question about that, mm -hmm. but as far as just, you know, entrepreneurship and business goes, I mean, it, like they say, you know, if there's blood in the street, buy real estate, dude, there was blood in the street and a no, lot, yeah. a lot of wealth was created. Yeah. And now like we're in LA, like everything's open. People aren't wearing masks and stuff. And you're looking around and I'm like, people are back to buying $7.50 lattes on the corner here. And like, it's yeah. almost like nothing changed. I mean, yeah. this, the businesses here actually can't get people to come to work because people are getting more money from unemployment. Yeah. And they're like, 
well, fuck, why do I want to go work for 25 bucks an hour? I can stay home for 24, you know? Yeah. So, and that'll end soon and things, things will change. And I know that there are people who, who went through hardships, but the people that we know in our, in our industries, in Amazon, in e-commerce, you know, they've all thrived. There is, there, there were huge gains to be made, not to mention on people who were actually in on Amazon, who were doing, you know, who were yeah. part of Amazon. Amazon did an insane amount of revenue during COVID. No doubt. So I got a question about Amazon and like, I, I just truly do not know this. What's the time it takes to like, let's say set up a store to um, start getting sales. Cause I know hmm. from what I do know is it's like, you're going to get buried out of the gate if you don't have um, really dialed in listings, dialed in keywords, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, um, yeah. So can you break that down a little bit for us? Sure. Yeah. So you can do this from anywhere. You could actually even open up an Amazon account from Canada and sell in Amazon US. It's perfectly fine yeah. to do as well as selling Amazon Canada. But the fact is that it takes probably about a couple of weeks to get approved if all your ducks are in a row. So, yeah. you know, you need to have an ID. They're now doing interview calls. They didn't in the early wow. days where they'll, That's they'll be, yeah, you know, Rakesh from India will call you and he'll be like, sir, yes, sir, please verify your identity. And he'll look at you and make sure you're the person on the ID. Because again, they're just putting more and more barriers to people becoming sellers because they really don't fucking want any more sellers. They don't even want yeah. the ones they have. So, you know, you start your company, probably takes a couple of weeks to launch a product you know, depending on where you're going to get it, you know, if you're getting it in the U S or Canada, it'll be shorter. If you get it from, you know, maybe 30, 30 days, 45 days from the time you decide if you get it in mm -hmm. China for your first product, I'd factor 90 days all in. So I'd say from mm -hmm. the time you start your company to the time you start selling 90 days should be a very reasonable time for you to have gotten samples, mm -hmm. tested those samples, research product marketplace. Some people take, you know, I've seen people do it in 30 days and I've seen people do it in 30 months. It just really depends on what you're trying to achieve. And so one of the things that, you know, I like to encourage my students to do and my students on Amazon Mastery is we tell them to go after low hanging fruit. Why? So we break down products into different categories, right? So you've got your first base second base, third base, and home run products, right? Mm -hmm. Home run product is a product that could bring in 150 grand or more a month. And it sounds like a lot if you're not doing Amazon for all the people I know in the Amazon field, they're like, oh yeah, that one, that one, that one, that one. There's so many out there. Right? And we've got a number of them. One of them is our matcha tea, which is actually doing millions of dollars a month. If you look at matcha DNA, nice, our, nice. Our, our main brand. Nice. But you know, we, we've got lots of brands that are doing incredibly well, but th that's a home run product. You don't want to go for a home run product because there's going to be more competition. That's later along the way. That's after six months, you can work on that. Initially, we tell people to go for the low hanging fruit. What is there where you can make five grand a month, 10 grand a month, easy, easy money, add value to something that's already in the marketplace, do it a little bit better, go in, find out where the competition is weak, and then exploit their weaknesses excuse me, if you do that, then you get to close the feedback loop. And that's a big problem with people because people lose motivation, right? They'll start something and their excitement is at an all-time high. And then they get kind of midway and they're still kind of excited. They've had to put some work into it. Life happens, kids work, whatever. And they're a little bit less excited. And by the time the product comes out, they're like, okay. And if they're not getting feedback by the time they're like, well, in the middle of the loop, they're like, yeah, 
I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it later. And, you know, and then it just goes very slow. They're not, they don't have the patience to wait for a home run product that could take six months, a year or two years, however long it takes, like what we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. But yeah. with a low hanging fruit product, one of the first base products that we teach in our algorithms, how you can find these, and it's very easy to do, by the way, um, you get immediate feedback. So immediately you launch, you'll be getting some sales. And that feedback closes that loop for you. You're like, oh shit, look, I just sold 10. I sold a hundred. I sold a thousand. This is awesome. And then you continue doing it. And then a few months later, maybe you launch a second base product, something that's bringing in 20, 30 grand a month. Mm -hmm. And you launch a third base product, something that can bring in 50 grand a month. And then by the time you have all those, you've got a good amount of revenue. Then you just take your time. You don't give a fuck how long it takes. It yeah. could take six months. It could take six years. You're getting that home mm -hmm. run product. Yeah. Very cool, man. I love that. Mm -hmm. What about as far as like, like I know the first thing, if I thought about selling Amazon, my first question would be like, how the hell do I figure out what to sell? Yeah, great question. So that the, the first thing we tell people is don't come to the table with an idea. The best mm -hmm. thing, the best students, the ones that succeed the most is the ones that have no idea what they're going to sell. And I'll yeah. tell you why. Because that, by the way, we don't, we don't believe in building a better mousetrap and the world will beat its way to your door. That's the mm -hmm. old model. Right. That's disruption marketing, what Seth Godin talks about. That's yeah. the old, you know, like you're, you guys are sitting watching the game. It's like, hey, dude, you want a fucking beer? You're like, no, man, I'm cool. I just want to watch the game. Hey, you should really have a Budweiser. You, Gabe, you should really drink a Budweiser. You're yeah. like, no, dude, dude, I'm good. I just want to watch the game. Right. But that worked. It worked for so many years. It's disruption marketing. What came before you guys? Now we're in what Seth Godin calls permission marketing. And the next level to that is what Robert Caldini, the professor who wrote Influence, talks about is persuasion marketing. And that is the decision architecture that we build, the language of Amazon, how we can design the architecture. So when people get to your listing on Amazon, that it's very easy for them to buy. They think it's their idea that they came to your product and they've stumbled upon a great find, you know, like... My wife, um, who also has an Amazon business, very successful at that. She loves going to these like home stores, right? Chicks love doing that. They're, they're yeah. all nesting. They love going in there. They dress yeah. up, they put on makeup and they fucking go into these home stores, which uh, I, I want to fucking get out. I'm like, what do you mean? Just fucking order it online. I don't care if it costs more. We've got money. Like, yeah, don't, don't <laughs> yeah. Let me in. but they, they love going in. Yeah. There. I've lived that conversation. And you have. And the Same. thing that they love is finding that little diamond that little jewel that may be marked down and it's like under a thing and they find it and she thinks she's like she comes home with like a fruity candle or some shit and she's like look at this great thing and you know they, there was just one and it was like it was half off and look how great it is and i'm thinking like I've literally had this combo about a fucking candle yeah <laughs> they've, they've, they've they've planned it They've planned oh, it, right? God. It's decision architecture. They've made you believe that. And is that the only thing you bought? No, she's bought more towels and pillows. I don't know how many pillows they need, dude. The, our bed has to have 47 pillows in different dude. fashions. Also so, just went through this combo. Oh, you did? Yeah. So it's, but it's it's designed, it's, it's, it's masterful decision architecture. And by the way, we sell to a lot of these stores into brick and mortar because we're diversified. We don't just sell on Amazon. We sell on eBay. We sell on Etsy. We sell on Smart. Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, Kroger. We sell to Costco and uh, all, all these different, you know, TJ Maxx, Home Goods, Ross, um, 
Dollar General, we just did a deal with 99 cent only stores for getting some of our awesome cosmetic products. And, you know, so, so we sell all across the board as a way of diversification, but that's smart, where, man. I really love that. Yeah. <laughs> but where, where I was, where I was getting to is, is that you not only have to diversify, but you have to be able to speak the language of the marketplace where you're in. So when you're in with Google or one of these other search engines, people are coming to just research stuff. The difference with Amazon is that yes, Amazon is a search engine. It is a very important search engine, but the consumers that are coming through and doing search on Amazon are ready to buy. Mm -hmm. Nobody goes on Amazon to research, not really. People go on Amazon to buy. And if you can reduce that friction, all the stuff that they need to go from, I, I landed on your listing, to this is the product I want to click and have the nice prime driver with the blue jacket deliver at my door. If you can make that as seamless as possible, and Amazon's already made it pretty seamless, right? If you don't like it, what do they do? They take it back, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got that security there, but you have to have the other elements of influence built in. And if you can make that as seamless as possible, so when I go on your listing, I'm like, yes, that's what I want. Let me move on. I'm going to go watch Netflix now. Or, you know, people's favorite activity during COVID is scrolling through Amazon while they're watching Netflix. Yeah. Um, you make that as easy as possible for them to add to cart and check out. You got to yeah. win. And that's you can awesome. make millions of dollars a month doing that. People do it all so the time. So does that... Is that come down to, and I'm sure it comes down to a lot of it, but it, I'm, it comes down to imagery, branding, copy, all of that? Yeah. So we base a lot of the work that we do on Professor Caldini's book, Influence. You guys ever read that? Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. I need to. So, so yeah, you totally. So, gotcha. Yeah, it's a great. He wrote the canon on influence. He's a professor. And he talks about these, these five elements of influence and a sixth, which is reciprocity. So the first and most important one for Amazon, and I've rearranged these a bit, is social proof. So if I land on your listing, the fact is, uh, Gabe and Tyler, nobody fucking believes us. Nobody believes mm -hmm. you. Nobody believes me. They certainly don't fucking believe Coca-Cola or, you know, the beer company or the, you know, baby products company, right? Yeah. Because we've got a vested interest. We're trying to sell them some shit. So yeah. they don't fucking care about a word that comes out of our mouth. We could say whatever our shit's the best fucking thing yeah. in the world. Right. And they're just like, fuck you. We don't care. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But what they do believe is Gabe, right. As a, as a consumer. And they believe in you, Tyler, as a mm -hmm. consumer. So if you're like, dude, this hat is so good. The rim is so great. And the plastic is so flexible and it's so comfortable and it soaks up sweat great in the top of my head. And it's, it's spectacular. And you say that they believe you. So the first element of influence, social proof. You got to know how to get reviews and you got to know how to do them well. And we teach that. We teach a whole system on how to do that. The second element is you got to put yourself apart. And there's a lot of companies that are selling on Amazon now without authority. You need to be the authority if you want to dominate and exploit a niche that's fairly vulnerable. So how do you do that? Okay. So you do that by finding an authority in the space. So if you're selling a supplement, maybe it's a doctor, maybe it's a dietitian, maybe it's an influencer who lost a bunch of weight. So we look at like someone like Oprah being the ultimate influencer, right? Going yeah. from a, a high weight to a low weight, you know, you had fat Oprah, now you have thin Oprah, you know, and, and she would be ideal. And then you can work your way down from somebody who's accessible to you, right? So then we have likability, which is another one of the pillars of influence. 
So how's your copy written? Is your copy like we are the X3622 thing with the 34, you know, whatever, and, you know, please buy, you know, I see so much of that kind of copy on Amazon or, you know, is your English bad, you know, and you can't, you know, fucking understand what they're trying to say, right? Yeah. A lot of foreign companies do that, right? It's like, take a fucking minute and hire somebody who speaks the language of the country that you're selling in. I mean, it's, oh. it's pretty easy. It's easy to do. And it shows that you have respect for the culture, but also, you know, for your c- customers. And so writing in a way where it's like, we're just buds hanging out, talking like this, people will believe you more. Mm -hmm. scarcity showing that the product isn't going to be around forever maybe you've got a limited supply of it right Mm -hmm. and of course reciprocity where we talk about having um giving them something to get something in return so in the case of amazon it might be after they buy you contact them and you give them something with no expectations and they feel guilty and they'll leave you a review or they'll do something else nice or they'll buy more or something like that Mm -hmm. so that 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 kind of thing um, tends to work. And there's lots of these little hacks and tricks that we teach. Mm-hmm. And there's ways to get reviews and ways to work the system. And, you know, I've got a, a one hour crash course. Um, we don't sell anything in the course. I have a larger mastermind and in, in course where we take people into if people are interested, but you know, for your, yeah. uh, you guys, for your listeners, if, if, if it's okay with you guys, if they're interested, I'll give that course for free yeah. so they can take that. Yeah, and it's, and it's yeah. all you need. You really don't need to uh, pay a single penny to learn how to sell on Amazon. We teach everything from mm-hmm. A to Z. You don't have to pay any money. I'll share the course with you for free. Yeah. You know, and they can, they can just reach out to me directly. Yeah. I, I answer every email direct myself. And nice, it might, yeah. sometimes it takes me a minute, but you know, and you know, and then if you think you want to go further, once you've started your Amazon business or you've learned about how to do it and you think you want to go further, then I'm happy to have a call and see if you might be a fit for our uh, larger program. Yeah. Nice. We'll, we'll plug the link do, below do, this video. Sorry, Tyler. I was going to say, so do you kind of like, uh, you know, do like a personal interview with everyone before you bring them in? And then is it more of like a group style or how do you guys approach it? Yeah. So it's hundred percent uh, personal interview. So every single person we don't have, I don't have one of these big courses and I'm not one of these fucking dudes. That's like, check out my Lambo, check out like the, the babes in my fucking yacht and like my yeah. mega mansions and like all that shit. Right. We, yeah. we, I do this for a living. We make millions of dollars a year selling on Amazon. It's well-documented. I'm many times over a millionaire. I knew I no longer need the money, but I do it because I like empowering people. So our mastermind group and our course is pretty limited. Um, right now, it's just about under 100 people. We will probably never get to the thousands of people. We break it down in pods of 100 people. We have a weekly coaching call where people can come in and they'll coach, but they also have access to resources like my staff who, you know, they normally bill out a five, $600 an hour. You know, everybody in my course has access to everybody in my staff and access to me and all the systems and everything we've spent, you know, the last 11 years building out. And it's uh, fbasellercourse.com. If anybody's interested, you can go mm-hmm. on to fbasellercourse.com. There's some free information on there that you can check out. And if you reach out to me on my email, I'll share my email with you guys after this. Um, you know, I'm happy to have a call with anybody who wants to. Um, and also, you know, guys, we have a podcast too, which I'd love to get you guys on at some point, talk yeah. about Facebook marketing and whatnot called Hack and Grow Rich. And we have right. some great guests on there. We have uh, Chris Voss, the FBI negotiator who wrote Never read Split the Difference. You read his book. Yeah. So Chris wrote Very the cool. introduction to Billion. 
and we're very excited to have him on, Dr. Michael Bruce, America's Sleep Doctor, many times on Dr. Oz and Oprah, Nolan Bushnell, the founder of Atari, Keith Ferrazzi, Jay Samet. We've got all these great names on. So if you guys look up the Hack and Grow Rich podcast, wherever podcasts are found, um, please you know subscribe and join us. And for Billion, we also have a podcast called Billion, How I Became King of the Thrill Pill Cult. And the book will be out in August of 21. So nice. we're psyched Very about cool. that. You're a busy guy. That title, King of what? Billion, How I Became King of the Thrill Pill Cult. And the, wow. the, fir the first chapter is available on the podcast. So I'll, uh, I'll share that link with you guys and gotcha. you, can share, you can share it with your audience. And I think they can, yeah. you know, hopefully find some value in it. That's cool. We'll plug it all below this to make it easy for you guys. And if you're listening on like an actual podcast, then come over to YouTube and click some shit. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Dude, getting back to Amazon, I, you know, I really liked about what you said was how you guys are on so many different platforms and how you, you have so many channels. Is that something you teach in your course? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, um, once you speak the language of Amazon, which is what we, um, what we teach, you can take that and apply it to pretty much any other channel. So mm -hmm. like, we do that with Etsy. Like my wife started an Amazon company and she was super successful at it, did really well. She was doing things like greeting cards. And it was crazy because using our algorithms in 90 days, she outsold Hallmark on Amazon, wow, which is crazy. crazy. It was yeah. bonkers. And then she said, hey, you know, I'm making really flowery, fruity stuff. Why don't I try to sell it on Etsy? And she did Etsy and she doubled her sales using the exact same copy image sets, all that stuff. Wow. But she had to tweak it a little bit because the people on Etsy want to believe that everything that's sold on there is handmade by some old lady in the US. Yeah, yeah, so, so she tweaked her marketing yeah. message a little bit about that. Um, and she's been crushing it on Etsy. And then now we've got her into brick and mortar and, you know, her products are available in, you know, all kinds of mm -hmm. brick and mortar stores and, yeah, you so know, and cool. yeah, in a fairly short time, you know, she's built a company that's, you know, probably worth about four or 5 million bucks now, you know, from starting yeah. it two years ago. Yeah. That's really cool. That's yeah, I awesome. buy all my cards on Etsy, man. I find that they're way more creative, way cooler. Yeah. yeah. Than, than going to the corner store and trying to find a games of power buy on Etsy. Dude, I'm a power buyer everywhere. Don't look at my <laughs> Uber Eats, my fucking DoorDash, my Amazon. Yeah. Just don't look at any of it. Ignorance is bliss. I feel like yep. there's some uh, delivery restaurants that know me out here on a first name basis. Right? At least they know where I live. That's for damn sure. Uh, yeah. Dude, could we talk about those algorithms a little bit, man? Because that really has sure. my mind going. Sure. What would you like to know? Like, as far as like... How do you, I guess, how do you guys start figuring out what worked? And then can you give like the listeners any tips on like how they could use it for themselves? Yeah. So uh, a lot of that will be covered in the uh, one hour course that I'm happy again, you know, oh, nice. share with your subscribers, yeah. but I'll tell you, um, the fact is that every algorithm has a hack. Yeah. Period. We might not know what the hack is, but every algorithm has a hack. And what we learn is that these big companies, the Amazons, the Facebooks, all these, have vulnerabilities in their system. Mm -hmm. And some of those vulnerabilities are put there on purpose. Why? Because they can't openly say, hey, we're going to give some seller an advantage over another. But there has to be some kind of balance in the marketplace. And somebody's got to do really well so they can say, hey, you know, these guys are fucking crushing it, right? Look at these guys, look at those guys, right? So there's mixed messages 
and there's vulnerabilities. And if you know how to exploit those vulnerabilities, you can win, which is why I oftentimes, you know, I get asked to talk about black hat tactics and gray hat tactics yeah. and, you know, white hat tactics. And the fact is there's nobody who is successful that just does everything strictly by uh, TOS, you know, terms of service, you know, we follow what they tell us to do. You know, Amazon has its own university. Amazon teaches you how to sell on there. It's complete, total, utter horseshit, right? Yeah. Unless if you're looking just for like technical things of like how to add details on the back end or yeah. whatever, that's, it's great for that shit. But they're not going to tell you how to beat out your competitor. They're not going to mm. tell you how to do competitive research. They're not going to tell you how to uh, weaponize um, certain uh, intelligence gathering softwares so that you can find out you know, what keywords your competitors have succeeded with and how you can come in and dominate those keywords in their algorithm. They're just not. So mm -hmm. you, if you want to win, better believe you got to figure that shit out. And so one yeah. way to do it is to just get to work and start figuring out. The other way is to hire somebody who's, who knows how to do it and have them do it for you. And the third way to do it is to join a course. Yeah. And so we always talk about the three elements of success. I, I write about it in my book from my friend, uh, Wayne Boss, who's like this Australian multimillionaire. And he goes in mm -hmm. and he takes over companies and rescues them like big com public companies. And he talks about knowledge, courage, and action, right? So the first thing that we need is knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. The knowledge, if we know, when we know how to do something, gives us courage. And the courage leads us to take action. So when we have those three things in place, there's nothing we can't do. How do you get knowledge? Well, you can buy it, you can rent it, you can borrow it, you can steal it, right? Not recommended, but there's lots of ways to get knowledge, Yeah. right? So if I said, hey guys, let's go jump out of a plane, you'd be like, when? I'd be like, no, be like, fuck, you know, like I've never jumped out of a plane. Like, you know, you'd be scared. You wouldn't have courage. But if we'd all taken a class on skydiving for six months and watched the videos and learned the tactics and all the backup stuff, I said, guys, let's go skydiving. You'd be like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Right. Yeah, we, yeah. We, you'd, you'd have the courage. And then the action is actually taking that leap, taking that mm -hmm. leap and jumping. And, yeah, and yeah. courage gives you the ability to take action. And that yeah, all yeah. falls into what we teach. Very cool, man. Gotcha. But do you got any technical shit for us? Like I want like the hard goods of beating the algorithm. And then you don't have to go into it, man. Cause I know you got some of your yeah. own shit there, but like, just a few tips for someone who's like looking into Amazon or whatever. Yeah. Or yeah. So I mean, that, store right now. totally. So that's what we were going for uh, initially when we were talking, you know, I mean, there's no secrets, right? There's a lot of gurus out there who are like, Hey, you know, yeah. buy my fucking thing. You know, it's 20 grand. They upsell you 30 grand, yeah. 50 grand, do this, do this, right. They're yeah. just trying to get your money. The fact is there is no secret. The hack yeah. is hard work and you know, building it out, like we're talking about foundational thinking is that you beat the algorithm by small hits on the hammer's head. So a, a technique might be revamping and looking at whatever you're doing, using those five elements of influence, read Caldini's book and apply yeah. those elements of influence to any listing to your copy, right? Is your copy likable, right? Or is your, yeah. your, your images, right? Are they human? Are people looking straight at the cameras? Are your resolutions high, right? These are all things that go into telling the story of your product. As far as hacking the algorithm, sure, there's white hat, gray hat, you know, black hat yeah. tactics, you know, there's giveaways. Amazon's algorithm works basically based on sales. So the more sales you have, the higher the ranking they give you on the search mm -hmm. engine, the higher the ranking you get, the more sales you get. So it's a catch 21, right? How does anybody ever stay on top? Yeah, well, yeah. 
They have an answer for that. When you first launch your product, you get a honeymoon period where they don't know where you are in the ranking because you just launched. And if they don't give you ranking, you'll end up on the back page and nobody ever looks at it. So Mm -hmm. it'll dissuade anybody from ever selling anything on there. So what they do is the first week that you're selling on Amazon, you get what's called a honeymoon period where they're giving you extra pushes. Everybody will see more sales in the first week. So what you have to do pre-launch is you have to be ready to take advantage of that period of time. That doesn't mean that you rest on your laurels and let them just promote you for a week and then it all dies off and it will die off if you don't do anything. That means you plan your giveaways, you plan your promotions, you make sure your reviews are in, you make sure your listing is tight, you get ready for your PPC and you push as hard as you can during the honeymoon period during that first week or two where your product is launched. And if you do that, that's a great hack. But, you know, it's not really a hack, right? It's not like you've got some Russian hacker, like, cracking into the Amazon system. But it is at the same time, yeah. Because it's like, I didn't know there was a honeymoon phase and I didn't know that they ranked that on that, right? So when you're doing, like, the giveaways and stuff, what? how do you get people to go to your traffic? Like, are you pushing ads to do that? Are you marketing to older email lists that you have or what yeah. may it be? We do all of that. So we do yeah. list building, we do Facebook Messenger, we do, um, sometimes we do postcard mailing. Most people don't know, you know, there's yeah. so much noise out there. People are fucking exhausted. So mm-hmm. sometimes we do that. Sometimes we have other hacks, right? Sometimes we go to other websites that are highly trafficked and we bring that traffic over to Amazon. Uh, websites mm. that are free, like Craigslist. Most people don't think of Craigslist. Craigslist is like one of the top, what is it, top 20 highly visited sites in yeah, the world, yeah. and it's free. How do you utilize that to get hits on Amazon? You know, I'm back to wow. e-commerce, right? Very yeah, underutilized, yeah. right? What about Upwork? Most people aren't thinking about the Upwork people, but every single person on there who's a vendor in the US has an Amazon account. They buy stuff. They're savvy. Yeah. They got credit cards. How do you utilize that? Right. Yeah. So there's, there's lots of ways, lots of hacks to do that, but mm-hmm. you know, no one, there's no one thing that you're going to do. That's going to make your thing pop. You got to oh, think again. Yeah. You got to think foundational. You got to do all of that stuff. And then truly, you know, I'm going to give a disclaimer that I don't recommend anybody do anything black hat against terms of service. But again, you know, most people do a little white hat, a little, gray hat, hat a little black hat stuff you know, and, and that's the way the world goes around, you know, mm-hmm. and you're, if you're not going to do it, your competitors will, and then that's where you're going to find yourself. So you got to be at the top of your game with whatever you're doing. And it's really a game of measuring risk, right? You look at the tactics that are available to you and the risk involved with each of those tactics. Yeah. I'm, I'm down for the risk. I like the risk. <laughs> What about, uh, I know we talked on keyword uh, tools a little bit. I feel like you kind of threw that in there. Is there any keyword tools you recommend? There's a lot of them out there. You know, we use one called Helium 10, um, you know, and I think we're an affiliate of that, but we do, uh, you know, we use a number of them, but, you know, Helium 10 has probably risen to the top lately. There was another one called Jungle Scout. All these softwares. I've heard about Jungle Scout. Yeah. They give you some market intelligence. There's, there's a bunch of them and there's a bunch of free ones, but Really, you know, I mean, I don't, I'm not a, you know, I don't work for any of those companies and I don't really espouse any of that stuff. It's, it's much more about a, um, a a comprehensive view of your account and then, you know, organically looking at keywords, but you know, what we mainly do is we use PPC as a diagnostic. That's probably one of the best tools. 
um, is running small PPC campaigns and then finding the data that Amazon gives you that you couldn't get otherwise from those PPC campaigns and then using the other tactics and algorithms that we use to optimize those keywords organically so you're not paying for them. That's really one of the best ways to go. That's awesome. That's smart. Dude. That makes total sense. Yeah, that's the good shit. I like it. <laughs> Very that's cool. What looking for. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that's super awesome. Again, I really love this strategy. Like, you know, some of the stuff, um, and I'm sure it's been the same for you, but for us, like, you know, we were all in on Facebook. And then when Facebook shut down our account, we're like, what the fuck do we do now? And then, so it's just so important to have diversity. Actually, another, another guy we had on uh, the podcast one time, um, this was a big nugget he gave me personally, but his name's Scott Rerick. He spent like nine figures on ads. And he says, think of your traffic portfolio as a stock portfolio. He's like, you wouldn't have all your stocks in one stock. He's like, then you're not diversified. He's like, it's mm -hmm. so key. So I love that you're mentioning this on the e-com side of things, because I feel like that's not something I've really seen before. And being on like Etsy, being on Walmart, being on all those other platforms, I feel like that's so key. I'm actually a little bit curious about the Walmart uh, platform specifically. Um, how would you say that compares to the Amazon platform as far as like how many sales you can generate? Yeah, so Walmart's probably going to be somewhere between 5 to 7% of your sales on mm -hmm. Amazon if you're doing your job right. And the Walmart system is a lot easier to manage because they're not like as crazy as Amazon is about suspending accounts and killing reviews and doing all that stuff. So it's mm -hmm. a great adjunct to Amazon, but they haven't yet figured out how to get the sales and traffic that Amazon has. They're trying, they tried with their prime thing and they've got their own version of prime and, you know, on some things they're cheaper, but you're also competing with Chinese sellers that are shipping oh, directly oh, from yeah. China um, from the factory and even taking a loss. So, but, wow. you know, again, you can take any of the algorithms that we teach and, and utilize them on there as well. That's great. Very That's cool. awesome. What about like, um, I know an Am or I think on Amazon for the most part, um, Amazon doesn't show you who your customers truly are, right? Uh, excuse me. So not anymore. In the early days, they would give you all forms of data. So you would oh, get at you would get the address, the name, the phone number, the email, everything. And then they were like, oh, we're not going to share the email anymore unless you really need it. You're like, okay. And then they were like, oh, okay, now we're not going to share the address because we're shipping everything. And then now we're not sharing the phone number. So you really don't get that much data. We have a way of going back and this is against terms of service. So I'm not saying that we do it, but we have a way of going back and scraping that information and recovering the customer information. So there are hacks to how to do that. Part of one of the Very ways cool. that we because I feel like list building is so important, especially like, you know, if you have a nice consumable product, um, yeah. that customer is going to want to buy over and over again. So it makes sense to like, to be able to access that data. It's got to be huge. 100%. Yep. Very cool. Very, very Dude, it's cool. awesome. What, uh, let's talk about some of your students and what successes they have. Can you uh, give us any examples? Yeah. So, you know, we've got a number of, you know, companies. I mean, one of the, the best examples is my wife's company. It's called Polite Society. You guys can check it out online and she sells all kinds of greeting cards and, and uh, recipe tins and very flowery things. And she's been doing very well. 
um, on Amazon, you know, super successful, um, you know, it's probably about a four or $5 million company now. And then we've got, you know, I've got a guy right now who was in the marketing branding space, um, like big world. He was doing cosmetics and stuff. He launched a line of bath bombs. He's doing several thousands of dollars a month, every month. We're putting very little time into it. We've got people launching products in health and wellness. We've got people launching collagen. We've got people launching teas, Mm -hmm. So, you know, our program is really one of like getting things done and yeah. you know, we really have people, you know, I was just looking at it the other day and I was like, fuck, our students are the bomb. Like they're really fucking crushing it. And that's what, you know, makes me most happy to see now is to see people mm-hmm. building out these businesses. And the other thing is guys right now, wall street is on fire for Amazon companies. And there's mm-hmm. big companies like Thrasio and Perch and Celerax these companies have raised hundreds of millions of dollars. One of them, I think, has raised close to a billion dollars. And their directive is to go out there and just buy these Amazon companies as quickly as they can get their hands around them. I've heard and that's, that. Yeah, and, and that's happening very aggressively right now. So I'm getting four to five calls a week from these companies, from Russia, Korea, Japan, everywhere. Like, you know, we'll pay you. Can you show us, come, we'll give you 30 grand a company, 50 grand a company. Just, just give us the leads. Just give us the leads. And So these Amazon companies are high in demand. So there's really no better time than now to start your Amazon business. And again, you know, for for your uh, listeners and viewers, I'm happy to share that course. You don't have to spend any money to learn how to sell on Amazon. You don't have to buy any course or do anything like that. Um, I'll share that absolutely free with them so they can learn from A to Z how to do it. And it's pretty straightforward. Very Very cool, cool. man. I love it. Awesome. Well, we're hit. We're at the uh, the old hour mark here, Tyler. I'm sure you got a million more questions, but do you have any last questions before I cut this off? What uh, I do have one more. Like, say, yes. do we have people that listen to the podcast actually just found out uh, there's like COOs of companies that are listening just to get pick up more online tactics, um, of like substantial companies. But uh, there's also a lot of new people, and I always want to try to give them like good tidbits, and definitely appreciate your course. That's awesome. As far as like starting out your first Amazon store, I think it's important like to, you know, have a budget in mind. Do you have a recommendation of like, you know, something, a certain amount, if someone's looking at Amazon to really give it a good shot, how much they should be willing to invest in their business? Uh, yeah. I mean, I would say just under 10 grand is great, but you could do it for under five. So you could nice. do it under 5k, but you know, under 10 grand is a yeah. great place to be. Nice. 10k to start a business is like peanuts, right? Mm-hmm peanuts you know yeah man we, we've talked about that like um i used to have a, a fitness studio um in south florida i think that thing was like a couple hundred grand to start up right and, How's you it know doing? What I mean? and it's the scalability of an amazon store like far outweighs what that thing was ever going to do yeah. yeah and how long it takes to build one of those brick and mortar businesses and sell it and insurance and taxes and all that and with the Amazon business, we could have you build out a business in two years and sell it for seven figures, even eight figures. Yeah. While you've been traveling the entire time. While yeah. you've been traveling the entire time living, is right. I love living it. your best life. Awesome. All right. Thank you everyone for listening today. For everyone watching, please do not forget to subscribe to our YouTube. And for everyone listening, please give us a five-star review on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Thank you so much for coming, man. Really appreciate it. You, Loved hearing your story. Thank you guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having Stitch. me on. See you in the next one. Bye. Thanks, guys.